Locked and loaded. Episode 53, Edgy T-Saw, back again. Face the mic. Face the mic. Turn up the music. And jam. Hey everybody, Bell, welcome back. We are back again. Can't keep us down. I am Scott. And I am Scott Duarte on this side, Schnall on that. Be happy that you have only the audio uh, podcast and not the video because Scott is dancing in his chair and it's not a pretty picture. Poor chair. <laughs> uh, we did that once. Okay. Um, news. News. Uh, news. We're using three different mics, so well, not three different mics. Two mics of one type, and one mic of my mic is a different one. So I'm a little concerned on, as to uh, if it'll be too weird for you, listener. But we haven't brought you an audio quality podcast in quite a while, so. So you know. yeah, we figured we'd just stretch it out a little bit. We're saving it for Christmas. It's going to be a special <laughs> surprise. Episode 100. We finally get the audio. There down. you go. Yeah, maybe. Uh, oh, good. The printer turned off. I forgot Sweet. to do that. Uh, news? Do you have any news? Um, not at the present time. I am waiting to hear on a few different things. Uh, okay. Hopefully, I will have news for next week. Sweet. I got a uh, new house. Yay! Sweet! So, I'm moving. You so picked anybody up the key today? I picked up the key. Them keys are made for locking. That's right. And that's just what they'll do. <laughs> These are made for locking, and they'll lock all over you. That was pretty nice. Yes. It's just the words for the song. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes, I know, but the right. locking, well, it yeah. worked. Yeah. It worked. Okay, shall we get on with it? We shall. We shall try to figure out why you keep pinning. Because I have an annoying voice? Yeah, but other than that. Ah, uh-huh, well. <laughs> All right, uh, so we are we we trapped him again. Finally, part two of uh, the widgets uh, interview. Yeah. So uh, welcome back, Marcos. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just uh, in class today. We're doing the Japanese mind, and and today's topic is chimoku, which is the silence. And so, you know, that's just what he was doing. Just Yes. Well, he sat there very patiently. Exactly. While we did our fun part. <laughs> bring on the boring. So, bring on the And with that set up, uh, <laughs> tell them how they're going to how you're going to bore them. Bore them, tell you them how you bored them. The old style presentation. Ah, uh, yes. And teaching yes. in a lar- lot of cases. But this Okay, so is not old style. No siree. And no so, repeat after uh, me here. L- let's just do a, a very quick two-minute rundown of the last uh, part A of the interview. Yes, please download it and re-listen to it. And then <laughs> when you have the full 40-minute version. Right, but um, basic... So, okay, go. No, take you it. go. Nope, nah, I'm nah, going to drink nah. my coffee. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten. Jinx, you owe me hey, a Coke. I was owed a coffee, I think. 
I told you to bring uh. a cup. <laughs> okay, so last um, time Marcos was here, we talked about the ideas and the theories behind the widgets textbook of task-based learning and um, got into his background and a little background of the book. But uh, we brought him back into the studio because we wanted to really delve into what the book is about, um, what features that it has, and how it will make your classroom a fun, enjoyable uh, teaching experience. How do you like that plug? Um, that's great. Um, yeah, I've, I've, you know, last time I was here, I, uh, it, I hadn't actually. Oh, I've been getting a coffee. No milk, thank you. Just uh, black. Yeah, I like them black. Um, Let's not go into that airplane joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I? Yeah, I, I, actually, this is perfectly on point because I'm losing the thread. Last time <laughs> I was here, I hadn't actually done any presentations, and now I'm I'm up to about five or six uh, different times where I've been talking ho about. Is what we yes. uh, let's not go down that <laughs> marketing flight path. There. Um, so I, I've been talking about widgets pretty much every weekend uh, now since the last time I saw you and, and, and even then some, you know, on email and, and doing stuff like that. So I, I, I'm sorry if I'm losing the thread a little. Um, but, yeah, um, Widgets, uh, to, to recap, I guess, is an oral communication course. Uh, it's task-based. It's, uh, you know, I've been saying this at conferences. It's the only task-based course around. Um, if you're thinking of task-based in terms of real-world tasks rather than pedagogical tasks, which is the, the wimpier, less tasky version. He is, <laughs> he is practice. He is polished. <laughs> Look at that shine. Boing! Uh, <laughs> we don't have a little sound effect for I, that I, I was just, I was just looking for <laughs> The task effect, yeah. But, uh, well, if you, you know, there are a lot of books on the market that, that use uh, the, the, the sort of what's becoming a catchphrase now, task-based uh, teaching. Um, if you look at, well, uh, David Noonan, for instance. Uh, who? 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 Never heard of Some him. Some guy in Hong Kong University uh -huh. somewhere. Yeah. Uh, he, he does tasky stuff. Um, uh, admits that, uh, you know, his, his own uh, take on task-based is, is a, a quote-unquote weak version. Um, uh -huh. And what he means by that is the tasks, once you uh, start creating a, a textbook, uh, to put it into that kind of, classroom-ish context, okay. um, the task loses some authenticity. One of the main points of task-based teaching is that um, you, you keep, the, the task should be as authentic as possible. So when you're getting the students to do something in English, um, whatever your example could be, ordering a pizza by telephone, for instance, is the example I, I keep overusing. Um, but uh, let's say it's ordering a pizza by telephone, then as authentic as you can keep that task, the, the better, because uh, for instance, if the student makes a grammar mistake, it's not something that would kill your pizza delivery, right? Right. Um, if the pizza in the end arrives, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Yes. No, that's that's the second most important thing. The, the most important thing is that it arrives with the right stuff on it. With the right yes. stuff. And, and also <laughs> the, the, the pizza chef didn't spit on it because you somehow uh, insulted it. Yes. Uh, yeah. So this, this all comes down to the language you're using when you're ordering the pizza, right? So um, looking from the, from the point of view of outcomes... Um, if that happens, then you've passed in a sense, right? If you're thinking in terms of assessment, uh, the student passes when they accomplish the, the task. Yeah. Um, and then you can look at other things like how well they use the language and things like that. 
Um, but when you're talking about materials for the classroom, you, you sort of lose some authenticity, of course, because you can't actually have your students order a pizza. Oh, you can. You just have them deliver it to some poor <laughs> schmuck. Teach them uh, that know, would be uh, great. How, how, like a how to crank call <laughs> Crank <pizza> English <laughs> classes, yeah. Um, it could be an interesting twist. Uh, Hello. <laughs> Is your refrigerator running? <laughs> You better catch it. <laughs> oh, you snickered. You lose some points there. I'm losing some authenticity. Do you have um, Prince Albert in a can? <laughs> Let him out. We're, we're losing the thread. Okay, reel it back in. Right. Okay. So back to pedagogical tasks. Okay, so, okay. Keep well, going. I, I, I was just going to finish by, by saying, so a pedagogical task is a task that's actually used in the classroom. And once you're actually in the classroom context, you lose some authenticity because, well, because of all sorts of issues. Uh, not least of which is the, um, the, the, the power differential, for instance, between teacher and student. Students are expected to be graded on their language and so on. Right, right. So that when they try to order that pizza, they, they themselves are self-correcting as they go. And, and all this kind of stuff affects how authentic a task can be. So in the end, you've got pedagogical tasks. Um, and also, if you think about... Uh, for instance, uh, information gap type things. One student has a picture and they have to describe it to the other students. This is not something that happens in the real world, right? Um, so again, that's a pedagogical task, right? I mean, yeah, no, no, I was, time, you, you I had was a trying, picture and you had to explain. No, I was trying to think I mean, of a, you, you I could, was trying to think of a smart response. <laughs> you, you, you could come up with some kind of contrived uh, reason why you would be doing that, right? But uh, Or by contrived end, reason, you mean life in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, I can see some you you know, know, explaining this, pictures. It's guy, help, I'm at the train station, I don't know where to go. All right, what does the sign look like? It looks like a little guy in the... Anyway, that's not bad, actually. Um, well, you, but you but that's could, between if, two English speakers. It no, but if you imagine, for instance, you're creating a Japanese course and you want to create some tasks that are authentic, that actually wouldn't be such a bad thing to do. If you're, if you're thinking don't in terms don't of let material. the cat out of the bag, man. <laughs> How about if you're doing um, parts of the body and parts of the face and, and mm -hmm. different things like that, you could imagine give them mug shots. And so they have to. Right. That would okay. Be so, so there's a task. It's it's more authentic than just you know design a monster, for example, which is another kind of fun pedagogical right. task you could do. Um, but because you're in the classroom, you're still losing some authenticity. Now, if you imagine that that task is just one activity that you do one particular day, then it loses some more authenticity again right. because you're not setting up the context. But let's say you had a course in which the students are pretending to be detectives, and that's uh -huh. one of the things that they do. Now you've got a little bit more authenticity, which is sustained throughout the course, right? Uh, in fact, there is a course like that. Uh, Curtis Kelly had a course called Snoo Detective Dog. School. <laughs> no, that's what always <laughs> wants to come out of my mouth. Uh, Snoop, uh, Snoop Detective School, I believe, um, in which the students actually pretend to be going to a detective school. Um, no in beating which... up the equipment, please. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I hope that didn't come out. I'm sure. It did. Um, so they uh, every lesson they're they're doing sort of um, well, cool. investigative type so, stuff. So so to mm. retain the task authenticity, it, it shouldn't be just episodic. It should be a continual kind of um, project. Yeah, if if it can be done, and it's not an easy thing to do, uh, as you know, actually, right, right. Uh, from from your video podcasting stuff. Probably you've you've run into this kind of problem before. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I, possibly, but yeah. But you you can see. I, I think from the example of of the mugshot thing that you said, that's a it's a perfectly good activity and it's quite authentic in a lot of ways. 
but it's not authentic enough in one way, which is it's not sustained through the course. Okay. Um, and so Snoop Detective School is something that does create this this overall context, which then you can put an activity like that into. Right. And the students um, get, are even more motivated and, and easier to get into the activity. There's less explaining you have to do. Okay. And actually, widgets works exactly the same way. Yeah, I was going to nice say let's pulling. let's get over the let's get over the the overview because um, that was basic. That was really the a good nice capsule. Good job. Thank you. Yay! Lots of practice. So let's get it. Let's dig into to the book itself. What uh, question did you want to ask? Well, let's let's go into um, just the. Did we talk about the chapters of the? Book? We did. We we just talked about what the book was about and and the the ideas overall. Okay, so we, so we talked about details. that widgets. Um, <clears throat> the whole premise of the book is that the students are interns into this huge company that creates widgets, creates uh, little inventions that don't have names to them yet. Uh, that, right. That's what a widget is. I looked it up. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so they have to come up Who with projects. Who says we projects. don't do research? <laughs> <laughs> they have to come up with um, new concepts and take it away. Right. Um, yeah, they, they simulate working for a company. Um, it's uh, this is a kind of hook to get the students into the the overall authenticity of the course, just like Snoop Detective School. Mm -hmm. They pretend to be working at a detective uh, school. Um, so the whole course is set up with this in mind, where the students are simulating working for the company. The very first stage is an orientation stage, as you might have when you start working in a company. Um, the students do very simple tasks like uh, shaking hands, getting to know each other, uh, making small chat, uh, sharing business cards, this kind of stuff. Um, and then they're put into groups, and, and in stage two, they get moved, so to speak, to the research and development department. And that's when they come up with uh, their interesting widget sort of product idea. Um, and these ideas, of course, if, you, if you've looked to the book, uh, include things like the sa shaving cell phone, which is a cell phone which has a built-in shaver, uh, the uh, spray paint for food, is another one. My uh, students hate that picture. They don't like that one. <laughs> the spray paint for food? Or yes. The, why, why not? Because it looks like they're spray painting a big brain. Well, you know, the original picture was a turkey. Uh -huh. um, and the editor has to change it because... To the, cauliflower. To cauliflower because the, 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 the whole premise is that the, the spray paint is for food that is not delicious so your kids will eat it. Uh, right. And the editor <laughs> got back to us and said, but turkeys are delicious. Children love turkey. <laughs> you got to put something else in there. So we changed it to a cauliflower. And uh, I, I really like the turkey because the, the woman was spray painting the, the turkey The turkey, turkey is easy to understand. Yeah, it, it's a little wacky. And okay, turkeys are yeah. delicious, I agree. But um, it just would have been a little funnier, I think, than yes. cauliflower. But in any case... Um, yeah, so the, the, the company produces this kind of stuff, and so the students come up with their own um, sort of life-saving devices along the same lines. Um, often there are a lot of uh, waking up things, uh, like beds <laughs> that throw you off. And, Good, uh, because ways they to need it. sleeping, <laughs> <laughs> which seems to be a running theme for students in Japan, yeah. Um, and uh, so when they they've, they come up with these things in the research and development uh, stage, and then they move on to the next stage, which is a, a kind of management stage, uh, in which they have to choose the best product out of those. Um, so as, as I'm explaining sort of the storyline of the right. simulation, you, you have to imagine that there's, of course, language stuff that's going on right. there, this discussion. Well, what's nice is, okay, so you put the, the students into groups of 
Four, um, five if you need to. Right. It, it shouldn't be larger than that, correct? Yeah, four is ideal. Um, five is, is doable. Um, mm -hmm. Three is sort of doable as well. The, 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 the whole point is that there have to be, um, the, the students rotate being project manager at each stage. Um, and, and there are four um, big projects in which there is a project manager. So if you've got four students, it's sort of perfect. If you've got five, you've got to have a, a co-manager at one point. Mm -hmm. uh, if you've got three, then one student has to do it twice. So the course is sort of structured with a sort of ideal class of 20-ish students uh, divided up into groups of four. Uh, but it works from anywhere from, let's say, 10, 12 students okay. up to 40 students or so. Um, and it, 40 is a, is a cap only because the more students you have, the more groups you have, the more right. presentations, time, and so on. Exactly. Um, so it becomes a time management issue. But in their groups, they come up with the, the product ideas, and then they pass the ideas along to another group in stage three, where they now have to make a decision, which one is the best product. Mm -hmm. um, after they make that decision, again, that product gets passed to the, a new group again, and that group has to do a market research presentation on the product, right. which was selected. Um, and that means uh, going out and interviewing people, what do you think about this product, and so on, um, find ways to improve it, and, and all this stuff. And at the end of that stage, they do a presentation to the whole class explaining their findings, their, their data that they've gathered. Um, so I, 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 what I meant to say before is as I'm explaining what actually happens uh -huh. in, a, in a general scale, um, you have to remember that this is all stuff that the students are doing in small group discussions. Right. So as they go through, they're de debating the pros and cons of various things. Uh, they're um, thinking up, uh, you know, WH questions about, you know, what kind of questions are you going to ask the people right. when you interview them and, and all this kind of stuff. So the, the language learning aspect is sort of built into this overall authenticity of the course, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, because of that, they're recycling a lot of the vocabulary they go over and over. Um, right. But well, and it, it's kind of pre-teaching the vocabulary because as the groups shift uh, into the different sections, mm -hmm. um, when they hear somebody talking about the vocabulary <laughs> from the product that they designed, they're, they're not having to look it back up. And that was always the thing, that was the thing that really caught my eye with this, ah. is the recycling of and reinforcement of of what the students are doing all the time. Mm -hmm. I care about what this, how these guys are doing their presentation because they're presenting on my product. Right, yeah. And stuff. Uh, that's, for me, that's, uh, I mean, it's a great idea overall, but for me, that's really the best thing because trying to get students to pay attention to other students' presentations or care about what right. other groups are doing in class, boy, they just don't want to. And, and yeah. by the end of the semester, the end of the book, each if you have a, a, a small number of groups, let's say five, six mm -hmm. groups, then each group will have touched the other group's projects at one stage or another. Right. And so everyone has a stake in every single project right. going yeah, on. Yeah, and, and so actually the, the final project, they, they do an infomercial, which uh, for some of the listeners who may not know, it's a, it's a kind of extended commercial in which... Uh, it's a, it's a bit of a hard sell. It's a, it's usually pretty cheesy. Uh, in Japan, the, the Billy's Boot Camp is a, oh, is a big is a big infomercial a big, these yeah. days. Yeah. Um, so they, they create an infomercial for their particular product. Foot off um, the mic stand. They create a, a, an infomercial for their particular product at the end. 
Um, but of course, the, uh, as you were saying, the, in the audience, the, the, the group that invented the product is sitting there. The group that did the market research is sitting there. So they all really want to see how this infomercial turns out. And one of the conventions of the genre of infomercial is audience participation, right? Getting the right. people in the audience going, no, no, too much money or, oh, oh, too, too expensive, whatever, right? right, right. Um, and they really do get into that because they, they, they're so <laughs> interested in what's going on. So they're like, oh, 10,000 yen, no, no, it's too much. Said it and forget it. <laughs> but it's an um, American one. <laughs> oh, is that from an infomercial? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But that's not all. Call now, and mm. you also get you know like all these little right. things. Be it's a lot of fun. As a teacher, you can sort of add these little you know what's that number again? Five five five, right? And, mm. and this, you know it's a fun way for the students to practice because it, it it's fun. It's in, inherently funny, right? So. so let's um. So that's an overview of the book. Let's talk about what the book has and what the book doesn't have. Um, so we mentioned that a lot of the vocabulary is recycled, but there's no um, set vocabulary list for each unit. Right. Well, there's a, there's a glossary on the back. In the glossary on the back, we were just trying to target some of the words that may be a little bit um, lower frequency. Um, but basically, vocabulary building happens implicitly. Uh, there's no explicit teaching of, of um vocabulary or, or even um, most language forms. Uh, there's a, a little bit, um, but it's, it's all implicit, which, which is okay because the text itself is, is very motivating and, and the students do get into the activities that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is, uh, you know, they have to discuss the pros and cons of something. They, they need a particular language form to express what they want. They look in the book and it's there. Right. The, the models are provided. Um, and so they just turn around and use it. Right. Um, and so in that way, the, there's very little that the teacher has to um, actually present to the class. Right. But of course, as a, as a teacher, what you're doing is you're waiting for them to come up with this language, to, to bring up the language that they want to use. And as a teacher, you're walking around and you're correcting, um, perhaps, uh, mm -hmm. or you're giving them um, some suggestions of language that they could use. You're, you're taking it up after the, the particular lesson. You can say, okay, you guys were trying to use this form. Here's how you use it correctly. Right. Um, so you teach it after the fact uh, in a task-based uh, format. So it's all, it's all very much implicit. Uh, mm -hmm. there, there's no real explicit language learning, which is not, I should say, um, to say that there shouldn't be any grammar or language instruction in, in right. language teaching, right? I'm just saying that in this particular case, um, there is room, I think, for some okay. courses that are completely uh, implicit. Well, and I think that, you know, depending on the individual teacher, if they wanted to do some of the pre-teaching and stuff, right. um, I, you know, the, the, the opportunities are there. Right, right. The opportunities are there. And in fact, uh, if you look at the, the section headings for, for each of the uh, lessons, um, we've tried to choose little phrases and expressions and idioms which may be interesting in themselves for, for teachers to go into and explain if they want to. Um, but again, it's, it's also sort of implicit and, and our hope is that the students are going to look at, at something, you know, for example, uh, break a leg, which is one of the little phrases in, in there at the end. Um, and the student hopefully will ask the teacher, what does this mean, break a leg? Right, and the teacher right. can then explain, oh, you know, it, it means good luck for actors and so on. So giving a little bit more power and, and interest to the students to, to take control of what it is that they want to learn. Um, it's all there, and it's 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 like I said, very implicit. So, but they they do pick up on this stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the interesting things, by the way, from from looking at the product forms that came back that I looked at from the piloting classes that are going on right now, uh, one of the students 
put down a little uh, fine print disclaimer uh, at the bottom <laughs> of their product, which is one of the things we included in the models for the information gaps that have the, the product catalogs. For example, the shaving cell phone shaver, uh, the cell phone shaver has at the bottom, uh, warning, do not use this, do not uh, shave your face and use email at the same time. Just a little fun, you know, throwaway line that we put in there. Right. Uh, but our hope is that teachers, if they want to, can explain what it means to have a fine print disclaimer um, and have the students sort of think about that. Well, one of the students made a product and at the end they put a little disclaimer, you know, you'll be the coolest whatever, and they put a little disclaimer at the bottom saying, not always. <laughs> Which is uh, the students were making little jokes themselves. Right. They picked up on it. Right, and humor is pretty high level when it comes to you know language learning. Mm -hmm. um, well, you know, puns are always great, um, yeah. and and it's good to get students you know having fun. Obviously, I mean, yeah. uh, we wanted something that's fun, but without being you know infantile. There's well, yeah, no jumping but, around like a clown. No, what I'm what I'm saying is that for that particular student is, I mean, you can get that there is humor, but for students to actually produce something that is humorous. Mm -hmm. Intentionally. Oh, I see what you're saying. You yeah, know, it's yeah. it's a fairly high level function. Yeah, it means it's, you got to be comfortable actually, enough with the language to to actually play with it a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. I was and, like, yeah, as a uh, teacher, that's a good point. It's yeah. an indicator of, of the level of that student. Yeah. That's great. And commitment and everything. So. Mm -hmm. All really right. Cool. Um, it is primarily a speaking listening uh, text and right. course. So for the listening, uh, what is there? Um, there's a DVD. Uh, which is included. Uh, each student book has a DVD. Um, and I, I suppose technically we should call that a viewing. Um, but of course, they're, they're listenings. And, and the way the DVD scenes work is the various directors of the company will come on and give the students their next assignment. Those are, most of the scenes are, are structured that way. So you'll see, for example, that there, you know, the president of the company will come on and say, right, your next assignment will be to create an infomercial. Um, please talk to your supervisor, they'll give you more directions and so on, and they'll talk like that for a couple of minutes. The students in groups are listening to this, uh, but because it's a, at a rather authentic level, it's probably above the level of most yeah, of the definitely. students. Yeah, um, definitely. But that's okay because right. it's a listening, but it's really a disguised discussion activity because in their groups, the students then try to piece together what was the message. And so they ask each other, they take notes and they ask each other, what, what was it that the president said? Something about an infomercial? What's that? Um, and they, so they piece together that information. So it's a, it's a listening, but really it's a, a disguised right. discussion task. And, and it's the, the book's set up in a ways that I, I usually do in my other classes uh, that I really like is, uh, like Marcus just said, you have the mm -hmm. listening, but then the book, and, and it's not based on the teacher, it's automatically... Okay, now talk with your partner, talk with the rest of your group, what did you miss? What did they get? Um, mm -hmm. Work together to figure out uh, the general sense of the message. Yeah. And so it, it's really good for them to work together uh, before you call on them. They feel more confident because they have each other to back them up. And it takes le um, less pressure off of the students to perform. In class, in yeah, and, class. And, and the fact that it's all in this overreaching context makes it easy as well because they know who the president of the company is. They know within certain parameters what she could be talking about. Right. So to predict what the message is and so on is actually a lot easier than most texts in which you'll hear um, a listening section for the first time and it's some disconnected, you right. know, as, as authentic and as good as it might be, it'll be disconnected from anything else the students have been listening to. It's de decontextualized. But everything in widgets is absolutely contextualized 
um, it all follows from what went on before, and especially the DVD stuff because it, it's it follows a very basic story arc, you know. Right. Um, so the the you know the company is doing well, then it's doing badly, and then it does well again at the end. Is uh, as simple as a story. <laughs> you ruined it for me. <laughs> in the end, well, we, we didn't mention that there yeah. were spoilers. In yeah. There. I will have oh, to well. edit that out. Yep. Thanks. <laughs> I may forget though. We'll yes, see. <laughs> most probably. All right, so um, a general sense of it. I'm using it um, in my class now. I came to Marcus, and well, he came to me whether I wanted to pilot it or not, and I was like, I have this class. It, it's a new class for me. Um, I'm teaching all these other reading, writing, and the podcast. I want something simple that I don't have to think too much about. Yes, mm -hmm. and that sounds bad as a teacher, but, you know, I'll <laughs> throw it out it's there. It's a reality. I'll yeah. throw it out there. And so he suggested this book, probably because it's his and he gets royalties, <laughs> but I, I took it on. Not from your court. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> took it on, and it is. It's, it's very easy to use. Um, the teacher's manual that will be coming out with... Uh, Online or is it? To yeah, buy? it'll be available online. So it, it'll actually serve a bit of a marketing purpose as well because uh, teachers can just download it, take a look at how it works, and then hopefully go out and order the book, right? That so the, the actual lesson plans and the teacher. Okay. Book, yeah. And so it, it works very easily to to do it in your class. But the problem that I'm having right now is assessment, uh, especially a, a university level course. You need uh, to definitely have assessment to back up the final grade that you give them. Um, so they have projects like create the initial concept and create a form for it. Um, but I'm kind of struggling with how to grade them on that. Grade the, the grammar, yes. Um, is there a rubric with it? Because usually I use rubrics for everything to be able to justify the exact grade that I give each student. Mm -hmm. uh, so what kind of assessment tools will you provide or are you going to provide? You're asking all the hard questions now. I'm, I'm sweating here. Um, <laughs> I, I, I haven't, the, the reason you're having these problems, of course, uh, as you know, is I, I, we're in the middle of writing the, the teacher's book at the moment, so you don't have the, the complete package. Uh, yeah, of course, it'll include uh, assessment, but it's, it's going to be assessment of a, of a slightly different variety maybe than what you're used to. Um, it's going to be task-based assessment of a, of a very um, intuitive and clear-to-use nature, mm -hmm. um, but a little different than, for instance, what you mentioned gra grading on based on grammar. Um, the way task-based assessment works is um, the, the students do something. How appropriately they do it is the first thing that you consider. So the example that you mentioned, the students have to do a, a sort of business-like product proposal form, which they submit to the company, which is their new product idea. Right. Right. Um, now, in it, the book, they had six criteria. Right. For it, uh, originality. Um, but the main one was: is it possible to make with today's technology? Well, is I, one I, of the main. I wouldn't ones. say. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's the main one. There, there are six of them, uh, and I'm not going to remember them off the top of my head now. Um, but yeah, originality. Is, is it original? Is it safe? Is it practical? Is it pretty? Um, is it attractive? Is it possible? Original, safe, possible, interesting, useful, and attractive. Um, but these are general guidelines for them while they're brainstorming. Um, 
And yeah, I, I suppose you could say that some are, are more important than others. The possible thing is, is quite important because it's stressed in the book a couple of times. So this, right. if the students end up coming up with, say, a time machine, um, they have failed to a certain extent because they haven't followed the instructions in the book. Um, if it's not attractive, on the other hand, I mean, that can be a judgment call. You right. Know, as a teacher, you may, may or may not make. But in the end, what you're doing is you're looking at this sheet of paper that they've handed in and you're looking at it and going, okay, first of all, is this an acceptable sort of business-like um, submission from, from a, a potential employee, let's say? Right. right. Is it appropriate? Um, and, and the example I gave you uh, before is, you know, if the student folded it up and put it in their pocket, well, you don't do that at work, right? You don't, so this is something you're, you're teaching them how uh, the appropriateness of, of various things, not only language. Okay. Um, so if the whole package um, is acceptable, it's a pass. Okay. And now I, I know I, I'm being a bit vague here. Yes. Um, but hold on a moment. Okay. So if the whole package is appropriate and acceptable, it's a pass. If it's not, it's a fail. Uh, now, once you've decided on that, which is the primary consideration, is the outcome appropriate? Um, okay, it's a pass. How good of a pass is it? Now you look at language mistakes and things like right. that. Um, and you grade according to that. So let's say you're grading on a 10-point scale. Um, six and above is a pass. Five and below is a fail. Now let's say the student, the first criteria, okay, is it acceptable? Great. So we know it's a pass. You've already decided it's between six and ten. Now between six and ten, you grade them on their language. Mm -hmm. um, and the idea here is that to be able to do something appropriate uh, requires language. So if, if, it's, if, it, if the form is filled out and it's understandable, um, and there's enough English there. They've they filled out the form, filled in all the fields in the form, and all that stuff. Okay. Um, they've used language at a certain level. Um, is, is the underlying assumption here? Um, so then they pass, and then you can sort of fine tune the the grammar uh, criteria okay. and stuff that you're looking at. Was that a bit clearer? Yeah. No. Yeah, it is. Okay. It is. It's just I I know that the the pass failed, but I need to justify A B C. D, I mean, I would love to just give everyone A's. Right. But. Well, okay. So if you if you're looking at, I mean, imagine for instance you're you're an immigrant to a to a new country. Let's say you're in Japan and you have to send out an email in Japanese right. to accomplish a purpose. Um, if that purpose is accomplished, you pass in a sense, right? Right. Um, how well you used Japanese to do it is is a secondary criterion. In the real world, right, right, and this is exactly what we're trying to imitate in in this situation. Now, if the student has an absolutely brilliant idea, first of all, um, does it in a in an appropriate way, which means that they wrote enough. They didn't just write two sentences for that particular form. Right. They described the product in detail. Um, they had a. It was relatively free of language mistakes. And I mean, you know, there's some leeway that can be made for spelling mistakes and, and minor grammar mistakes, but it's relatively free, it's easy to understand, it's clear, it's professional-like, um, that student should get a 10, um, in, in, in my opinion as okay. a teacher. Um, but it depends on your requirements for the course. I mean, if you want to look at language more closely, you could right. discount for each particular grammar mistake. Um, but if you're thinking primarily in terms of appropriateness, that's something that would not get thrown in the garbage by your boss right, in that kind right. of situation, right? And that's so we're trying to mimic that in the assessment rather than just looking at language only.
uh-huh. um, and saying, okay, you fail. It, it, it's a great product and, and it's clearly written, but you've got three grammar mistakes, therefore you get seven out of ten instead of ten out of ten. Right. It seems a bit of a shame. Well, of course, of course. I'm just, I don't know, I just, give me an essay, I can tell you exactly why they take, have a point off here, a point off mm. there, and it's clear. And it's my own laziness, because I know that you wrote the book, so I can just keep pounding on you to produce something so I don't have to produce my own rubric for it. And that's right. basically what it is. <coughs> no, well, uh, sorry, the, the rubric is going to be there and it's going to be very clear. I'm, I'm probably doing a less clear job of explaining well, no, that. I, I just... haven't finished writing that particular part of the teacher's manual. Right. But yeah, it, it will be there. Let, let me make that very clear, yeah. Uh, and the other thing is, you know, it, it does take a shift in mindset from a teacher because we're mm -hmm. really not used to this teaching this style of class mm -hmm. where it's a lot more open-ended and, and everything yeah well it's you know people people say this is much more subjective how, how do you judge whether something's appropriate or not um, it's it's subjective only to a certain extent um, if you think about it there's a lot of subjectivity in the TOEFL uh, type yeah. stuff as well, yeah. because if you're if you're looking at vocabulary, you can never know a person's entire lexicon. So what do you do? I can. <laughs> what do you do then? Uh, you choose particular words that represent um, classes of words, right? Mm -hmm. And you test them on that. So if the student right. knows that word, we can assume that they know several other words in that particular class. But what if they don't? What if they just happen to have studied, you know, class lists? Or or what if a student from Brazil, like in my case when I was learning English, um, I had a, a, a lot of Latin, Latinate words in, right. in, in English that I knew as, as my standard vocabulary. Um, so when I went to school, I would use words like parentheses rather than brackets, and my teachers would be all impressed that I knew these high-level words, but for me they're normal words. Um, so someone like me who was taking the TOEFL at that point in my life, I would know the word parentheses, which is considered a you know a different class of words. Than what others. are brackets? Parentheses. <laughs> brackets. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, sorry, I should have pronounced it properly. Brackets, right? <laughs> um, so uh, someone like me would be at a, a advantage compared right. to Japanese students who don't know, right? So there is actually a lot of subjectivity in in all kinds of assessment, sure, sure. and and let's not forget that first of all. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you're teaching communicatively and then you're basing your assessment on right. grammar mistakes, there, there's a little bit of a disconnect there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You, you can't do that, and it's it's unfortunate when 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 teachers do it. And let me just say too, uh, one one of the things that has really struck me recently is the 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 sort of defensiveness of communicative language teaching in Japan these days. Um, there's a bit of the, uh, oh, ah, yeah, this, we've got to go back to grammar. Um, first of all, we should have never left grammar. I don't know why there's no grammar teaching in communicative teaching. Uh, I'm, I'm not espousing that at all. Please, you know, let me be clear on that. Uh, we are teaching language forms, um, and, and we should. Um, but communicative language teaching has been on a bit of a defensive because it's, it's hard to show results, and it's hard to show results because people don't really know how to do it. Uh, we all sort of instinctively yeah. think we know what communication means and when you get into the classroom it becomes this uh, sort of well let's make conversation and it's right. sort of a free-for-all thing. How do you assess that? Um, well task-based teaching is a refinement. How do you assess that? Well you assess that based on how appropriate it is to that particular context and therefore you do have a, a kind of rubric that makes sense. Okay. Right? Um, you're not simply judging the students on how well they make conversation with big brackets. No, of course. Big, quotation marks. 
So yeah, well, and I think that you know the grammar the grammar issue is another one that we'll have to save for a different day because we are way running out of time. Yeah, and I've but, been um, all over the place. So sorry about that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no problem. Um, and you know it's been great. To, to listen to the to a lot of the what's going on behind the scenes Rantings and stuff so. and ravings yeah well those are that's what we live on um but uh yeah i i think that you know the communicative communicative group quote quote uh you know needs to stand up and you know kind of try task based well yeah because well see now you said you know we should never got it away from grammar but i'm gonna say well yeah, but what grammar? Prescriptive or descriptive? And yeah, and yeah. No, what I mean is, is what happened ended up being let's make conversation rather right. than well, and, study and, English. And, and, and that is that is a lot of what happens. Play games. Yeah, yeah it, it's you know just, it, it, it kind of devolved because what you end up with was a bunch of teachers who weren't trained and didn't know what mm -hmm. to look for, and so oh well, he's playing a game. Well, he's playing a game for a reason, and he's looking and pulling something specific out of that game. Mm -hmm rather than just monopoly right you know and so that's what i think a lot of the anyway that's a different fight right but, uh the bells are ringing the talk it the talk is clicking <laughs> guess i'm a little tired time to wrap this puppy up all right so so in the end i i have questions about the assessment it will be there um again it's in the the pilot stage and and everything's been working but uh it's a great book to use. Absolutely. And um, at any level, and in a language institute or even um, university level. Yeah, I, and I think, you know, you just, uh, as a university teacher, uh, you just put a little bit more time into, even, even if Marcos doesn't have everything completely uh, finished out just don't for be the lazy. rubric. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. Well, it, it will be by the time anybody's actually ordering it for, you know, it, it, for when April. does it when does it go? Oh, okay. It, it's for actually April. on sale now. You you can okay. order copies now. But oh yeah, um, I guess next course, main the, the push is going to be April, April. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So by then, you know, everything will be ready. Knock on wood. Um, yeah. On on the website and all that. So uh, who's who's the publisher? Who do we need to be? Pearson uh, Longman. Contact your local Pearson Longman representative. That little company. Okay. Yeah. That, say, that tell me about books. widgets. Yeah. And so uh, get in touch with them. Ask for uh, widgets by name. Uh, it's www.widgets-inc.com. It's not running yet, but it will be soonish. Yep, and if you order now, you'll also get. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll so we'll put the plug in for you being a good sport and and being here. Absolutely. Twice. Well, thank you very much. And uh, tell uh, tell Chris that we said hey and everything like that. Uh, well, are you going to be listening right now? I'm sure. <laughs> uh, are you going to be up at Jolt? Uh, we will be at Jolt, yes. So if okay. anybody's interested in a in a much more coherent explanation, uh, come come see us there. And you can actually lay hands on the book and uh, flip through and see all the pictures. The one that's uh, purple brain, cauliflower. Um, yeah. And if you have any questions for Marcus, you can uh, go to our website and leave a message, and we yes. will get it to him. Oh yeah, yes. that would be fantastic, actually. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, if you need any clarification on. Uh, an assessment or order or uh, how the groups work or anything like that, then uh, go ahead and uh, you can leave us a voicemail on the site at uh, at the MyChingo thing, little yellow box on the left-hand side of the site. At www.education.org. Not at the widget site, but at our personal site. At our site, site yeah. Although our, at our site, we will eventually have a message board as well. So okay. Well, this one's a voice. So uh, if you have 
uh, email questions, uh, go ahead and send them to us, and then we will pass that on to Marcos. And you can send us at Scott Duarte yep. uh, at education.org. All lowercase, all one word. <laughs> and Scott at education.org. And remember, education is E-D-G-Y-C-A-T-I-O-N dot org. Org. Anything else? No, I think that about wraps it up. Yep. Well, thank you very much. Yep, no problem. And uh, great to have you again. We really appreciate you coming by. Uh, we look forward to all of your emails. Remember, we still have keychains available. So uh, Go on quickly. Yep. Ooh, and uh, Yes, you may. As long as you bring your friend and get them signed <laughs> up on the website, we will hook you up with a uh, your very own education.org keychain. And uh, if you want to leave a voice message, uh, you can. It's right there on the site. Uh, if you do a search on Skype for education, just like it's spelled every other place, you may find something. Who knows? Ooh. We'll see. Find out. Check it out. <laughs> uh, I am Scott. I am out of here. Thank you very much, Marcos. I'm Scott also. Take care, everybody. He sounded so happy about it. I'm Scott also. <laughs> well, that that's kind of a new wrinkle that you threw in there. We never do that. You Gotta evolve, baby. All right. Girl. See you all.